The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 27 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Chain Cane. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on WrestleAttic Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, I'll be reviewing Monday Night Raw from May 14th, 2001, as well as a couple of very interesting events in the world of wrestling outside of the WWE. Stay tuned, peeps. Now, before I dig into this retro raw, I have a couple of very interesting notes from the world of wrestling. FMW, a company in Japan that is known for death matches and death match tournaments and crazy stipulation match types, you know, including, you know, exploding rings, you know, not like uh, AEW Revolution, but really exploding rings, uh, Piranha death matches, glass tube death matches, uh, exploding cage barbed wire, all this wacky stuff. They just had their 12th anniversary show, which had a tag team main event of Hayabusa and the Great Sasuke versus Kuroda and Mr. Ganasuke in a, and I quote, <clears throat> exploding 15,000 volt thunderbolt octagon cage bomb death match my goodness that's the most wordy match i've ever heard just call it like a thunderdome match or something like that yikes and in memphis championship wrestling which was one of wwe's developmental territories at the time a young daniel bryan going by the moniker american dragon had a barn burner of a match on MCW TV against William Regal. Now, this TV taping also featured the Haas brothers, Charlie and his brother Russ, who would unfortunately pass away later that year at a very young age, the Island Boys, Kimo and Ekmo, which I believe are the, the late three-minute warning, Jamal and Rosie. I know ECMO is Umaga, but I'm not so sure about Kimo. They wrestled Christian York and Joey Matthews. Victoria had a segment on this show. Joey Abs was on this TV taping. Steve Bradley, fr- freaking Shooter Schultz, was at this TV taping. And over in OVW, We had people like Randy Orton and The Prototype and Leviathan, Nick Dinsmore, uh, Sylvain Grenier, and Rob Conway, the Basham Brothers. Things were starting to percolate over in developmental because in the coming years, these people would be on WWE TV in very, very prominent roles. And I thought that was 
such a cool tidbit to hear. I mean, the American Dragon. Well, Brian Kendrick was down here, and a man that I've met who some of you might remember from an infamous skit that, looking back on now, ages very badly. The DX impersonates the nation bit with full-on blackface, which is probably cut from Peacock. I imagine it's even cut from the WWE Network, you know, up here in Canada. No, does not age well at all. But there was a young man who impersonated Owen Hart, complete with the full-on big banana nose. That's Jason Sensation. Now, Jason Sensation was on WWE TV a few times, mostly impersonating people like Owen or Shawn Michaels or playing like something like Rodney, the super mega fan on Sunday Night Heat. I I think Jason was mixing up with people in MCW at the time. He wasn't really wrestling. You know, Jason did a little bit of wrestling in the indies up here in Ontario, but he didn't really dabble in it much, at least under the WWE developmental umbrella. But I believe he had kind of a stable and he was a manager or something. I, I never really saw too much of it because I only remember... Jason from the, the Ontario indie scene, particularly the one that came to my hometown in 2000. Want to hear about that? Go into the uh, the archives. It is Monday, May 14th, 2001, and Monday Night Raw is live from Cincinnati, Ohio. Judgment Day, the next pay-per-view, is the following Sunday, and unfortunately, I will not have my review of that up on Patreon only until the end of this month. The 20 Bell Salute for May 2001 will include this and some very, very notable movies, but you have to be a Patreon to access it. There is a lot going on for Raw tonight that has Judgment Day implications. China and Lita, who are going to be on opposing sides in a women's championship match, will be tagging together tonight. Edge and Christian will face Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. And as I just mentioned, we are six days away from Judgment Day and Stone Cold Steve Austin opens the show. As a Native Cincinnatian, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ohio, <laughs> holds up a sign that says, Stone Cold is yella. Run, boy, run. And Triple H comes out to follow his two-man power trip tag team champion partner. And Steph grabs the mic, gets booed, gets called a slut, and asks for... Your undivided attention. And Paul Heyman calls her a debutante. I don't know if you know what that word means, Paul. Give me your undivided attention for my husband, the Intercontinental Champion, Triple H. Oh, that sounded a little bit more like Mae Young, but <clears throat> let me hydrate myself since I'm going to be doing <laughs> Personations again. He basically calls Kane dumb. 
Like he says, he's not the smartest member of his family. He's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm glad he refrained from calling Kane what commentary used to call him, the big red R word that you should never, ever use, ever. Never use it. Uh, and for some reason, because of that ineptitude, Triple H challenges Kane to a match at Judgment Day by saying, hey, since you like using that chain, uh, why don't we make it a chain match? Oh, speaking of someone who is not that smart, uh, Triple H, uh, Kane is still a big red machine. He can still kick your ass with one arm, and spoiler alert, he does. The fans are booing, and in between that, Stone Cold Steve Austin is telling them to shut up, and I'm fixing to come out there and kick all of your asses. And he moves on to The Undertaker, says that Taker ain't got a chance in hell. He doesn't have the guts that or the talent to be the WWE champion. I can't be stopped saying, you know, that he deserves this. And hey, tonight, right here in Cincinnati, yay! You say that like you're proud to live in this cesspool. <laughs> you talk about how you want to make, make people famous. We're already famous, so why don't you come out here and make us ex-tag team champions? The two-man power trip thrown down the gauntlet for a championship match against the Brothers of Destruction so soon before Judgment Day. I, I smell a ruse. So Taker comes out on the ramp here, and uh, in the midst of this, I, I didn't actually mention in this diatribe here, but he's like, did you call me a coward, Steve? I'm just a man who is looking for someone brave enough to fight. Holy Lord. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. I'm going through this. An American badass Undertaker is so lame. Although, Taker does say that Stone Cold is so full of crap that his eyes are turning brown. That's a good one. I used to use that one. Like, so Sunday, you better take your ass to church and give your soul to the Lord because your ass belongs to me. Okay, that one's that one's kind of good. I'll, I'll use that one. Even as a Christian, I kind of appreciate that one. Now, Triple H, my brother Kane accepts your challenge to a chain match at Judgment Day. And the tag team titles, too. But since you don't like traps... Ah, uh, crap. It's a trap! So Kane, of course, comes from the crowd and jumps the two-man power trip. And we have a schmoz, we have a fight, and we have a championship main event. Let's go. Backstage, Kurt Angle goes into Commissioner Regal's office. And Regal wants Angle to punish Rikishi because of what happened the previous week with Stephanie getting the stink face and Regal getting jumped by the now baby face once again Rikishi and it's like if you if you punish Rikishi if you take him out 
I'll allow you to select your match stipulation with Chris Benoit this Sunday at Judgment Day. And then Kurt Angle retorts, you know, it's going to be hard to dance when your ankle snaps in two. Well, you can still move your upper body when you dance, Kurt. And that match is right meow. Kurt Angle versus Rikishi. The rematch from 2000's King of the Ring final. Saw a very humorous sign there that said, Down with Pants. <laughs> and uh, there's one thing I've learned here, and this is mostly through Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review with Tom Campbell and Botchamania's Matthew Gregg, is that you can see a scowl on Rikishi's face when he knows that he is booked to lose that night. If you watch King of the Ring 2000 back, you can just see him just having a miserable look on his face. He had three matches that night and he only won like two of them. And even in one of them, he looked strong because Kurt Angle, I mean, Chris Benoit caused the DQ in one of them. In the match, Kurt Angle tries to flip over Rikishi to go for uh, what OSW coin as the Aloha Arn, you know, when you're about to get sunset flipped and you're like going like, whoa, whoa, kind of waving around like you're doing like an Aloha dance in Hawaii. That's the joke. But because Rikishi is huge, he goes for a bonsai, but Kurt Angle manages to move and ah, Keish lands on that crack. Keish hits. A belly-to-belly -belly suplex goes for the stink face, but William Regal interferes to cause the disqualification, and Kurt Angle gives the big man an angle slam for good measure. Backstage, Coach says that the police want to speak to The Undertaker, and at this point in time, that's all we want to know. And Trish is shown backstage, Crash and Molly. The, the Holly cousins are talking about Spike. He's a Dudley. Oh, but he's so sweet. And Sp uh, Crash challenges Rhino for the Hardcore Championship so he can become a 13-time champ. And stay away from Spike. He's a Dudley. They put women through tables, although they haven't done that in a while. He's the Dudley. He can't be trusted. Oh, we're getting a budding romance here between Molly and Spike. And it's actually a really sweet, sweet relationship here. Eddie is backstage with the Radicals saying that, you know, you got to be a team player. Saturn and Malenko have a match with the Hardy Boys and Eddie Guerrero. You better not screw this up. You're a team player. There's a bit of dissension in the ranks of the Radicals. And Trish is in the ring here. Trish is in the ring. But first, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Burger King, Castrol GTX, and RC Maximum Edge Cola. Something about guarantees with RC Cola's thing here. And Paul Heyman says, I guarantee that Trish is in love with me. Uh, yeah. And monkeys will fly out of my butt. Trish says Vince won't approve. 
But what I'm about to do... What? Put on clothes? Hello! You deserve to see a lot more of me. A lot more of me. How about in an itty-bitty, teensy-weensy, yellow polka-dot bikini? And it is a cheap plug for a sizzle reel of WWE Divas in Hedonism, now on VHS and this newfangled thing called DVD. And after that little sizzle reel that will go right into Paul Heyman's spank bank, he is at a loss for words. Coach is backstage once again with this cop, and The Undertaker is seen hightailing it out of the arena. This cop, in air quotes, says that The Undertaker's wife, Sarah, has unfortunately been in a car accident, and Taker is, he's gone. So, Cincinnati, Ohio to Dallas, Texas, that's quite a ways away. So, Taker's flying back home to make sure everything's okay. And now, it is time for a commercial break. And when I get back, I have the Hardy Boys versus the Radicals. Rhino versus Crash Holly, Edge and Christian versus Jericho and Benoit. And what of Undertaker's wife? What of Sarah? Well, instead of going to read the dirt sheets, you're just going to have to find out after the break. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight Man's Chapel of the Delight Show, and you're listening to Fretzelmania, baby, only on Wrestle Addict Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fretzelmania, episode 27, Chain Cane on Wrestle Addict Radio. This segment of the show is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Wrestle Addict Radio, where you get exclusive shows such as Fretz's Fave 5, The 20 Bell Salute, where I review the wrestling and the pop culture from each month. May 2001's episode will be available by the end of this month, where I review Judgment Day 2001 and one of the greatest animated movies of all time. That's right, Shrek. Shrek is 20 years old, and I bet y'all are feeling old. You'll also get shows such as King Ricky Rosé's Tales of an Epic Nature, and so much more. Also 15% off of our merch on Teespring, which is now just called Spring. Just search for Wrestle Addict Radio on that site. Links will be in the description of this podcast. Meanwhile, in 2001, the Hardy Boys and the Radicals, represented by Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn, have a great back-and-forth match, including Jeff Hardy's tightrope walk along the ringside barrier into the diving clothesline that he likes to do, which is a very, very impressive spot. Saturn hits a super kick in the middle of the ring, goes to pick up a steel chair, but Eddie takes it from Perry because it's like, hey, hey, not like this. We're going to fight fair. And as a result, Saturn 
eats a twist of fate. And after the match, Dean Malenko's like, dude, what the heck did you do? Bam! Steel chair and a steel chair shot for Perry Saturn. The radicals explode. It's over. The radicals are no more. Austin runs into this officer backstage and he's curious about the Undertaker's reaction to the news of his wife being in a car wreck. How, how did he react? Um, he was just distraught. I mean, were you expecting him to be like, you know, that uh, fake cop that Big Boss Man paid off to deliver in the news that Big Show's dad is dead? You know, the where, where, my daddy, where? Like, oh, man, Big Boss Man behaving badly. That, that, that was a time. And we see the camera ban panning to the baseball stadium where the Cincinnati Reds play, who that day lost 5-1 to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were shown in the front row of the show getting booze from the crowd. And for those who wondered, I mean, I'm the only person that wondered, maybe Slack, you'll care about this. But on that same night... The Toronto Blue Jays won 9-3 over the Anaheim Angels and Vernon Wells. I believe he got a home run that night. That is at least according to the rap sheet for that particular game. And we're right away into the next match. Rhino versus Crash Holly for the Hardcore Championship. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening to this right now to press pause. Go on YouTube and look up the user The Infuso. That's V E E I N F U S O. Now, V Infuso has been doing wrestling themed YouTube for quite a while now, but he also focuses on TV series like The Day Friends Died or The Day This Show Died or do a retrospective of that 70s show, which turned into a retrospective of the short-lived and terrible That 80s Show. <clears throat> Anyways, so V here released a, a Buddy Holly by Weezer parody called Crash Holly, like, ooh-wee-you-ah, uh, like, just like Crash Holly. That's all I'm going to say, because the rest of the video is very funny, and if you're a fan of Weezer, Bad Song Parodies, and Crash Holly, uh, all three, uh, that is me, it's it's quite a trip here. So we see a spot here in the middle of this match, you know, it's a decent wrestling and weapons brawl here, where Spike Dudley gets involved, and Spike goes for the acid drop, but instead, Rhino yeets Spike right into Crash, who is holding a trash can for the one, two, three in one of the most unintentionally hilarious match finishes I've seen in some time. And Spike and Crash fight their way to the back. William Regal is approaching a about to leave Kane, who has got his bags and all that and his chain. And he says, hey, 
Undertaker left. This is a family emergency, but the fans paid good money to see you wrestle, Kane, and you can't leave. You're going to be in this match. You're going to stay behind. And if you leave, you're both fired. Right into the next match, Edge and Christian versus Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Four of Canada's finest here, folks. Chris Benoit, the Olympic Wolverine, comes down to the ring with Kurt Angle's medals in tow. And during this fantastic back-and-forth technical match, Edge and Christian go for a concerto, but it is denied. Chris Benoit sneaks under the ring to double, double drop kick the ladders into Edge and Christian's face. Kurt Angle, meanwhile, he grabs his gold medals from the ring post, and yes! And in the midst of that chaos, Chris Jericho hits the lion salt on Christian to win. Chris Benoit grabs the mic here and says, Hey, I hope you like your medals because they're real sweet. Wink, wink. They're made of candy, just like your ass. Oh, geez, Chris. That... Okay, that was good. And then, of course, they are chocolate-covered gold medals. And Chris Benoit retrieves... Chris Benoit's actual medals that were resting right in between his nuts. And Benoit is uh, kind of playing pocket pool there right in front of Jericho as he is kind of fiddling around there to try and get uh, to the medals. Backstage, Chris Jericho says that the seven-time tag team champs reeked of... You know what? Tonight, they just reeked. Edge and Christian take exception to this jumping the, the man from behind and landing a concerto. William Regal is in the ring to cut a promo saying that it is his responsibility as commissioner of the WWE to bring you quality sports entertainment. Foley, Foley, chants going on in the background. You know, Undertaker's not here. There is an emergency, but the show must go on. So Triple H... And Steve Austin, they'll be facing Kane in a handicap match. And this handicap match will be for the Tag Team Championship. I, I don't want to do this, but you you actually do, uh, Regal. I can see right through that. And William Regal then challenges Rikishi to a match at Judgment Day. I'm going to teach you a lesson not to wiggle your bottom around like a giddy schoolgirl. Grandmaster Sexay then interrupts this to tell William Regal that <clears throat> yo uptight Willie, get to the drugstore and get yourself a double order of chill pills. Rikishi is cool. He ain't whack. He got back. And then William Regal is <clears throat> saying here, I didn't understand a bloody word you just said. My sentiments exactly. And then Grandmaster Sexay says, Loosen up, get down, get silly, Willie. And then some women of the night, perhaps the ones that the good father didn't, uh, didn't have for the night, 
come into the ring with Grandmaster Sexay and William Regal, and holy crap, they're a bunch of woo girls. If you know that episode of How I Met Your Mother, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Woo! And then they all dance. They all dance. And of course, William Regal has none of it. Batters Grandmaster Sexay, locks in the STF, and that is over. And for some odd reason, that happened. Deborah and Steve are talking backstage about Sarah, about her accident. And she's just like, I hope something like this never happens to us. And Steve, don't worry, it'll be fine. The RTC music then plays, and I thought we were done with them. Oh, right, the sensor is still here, and we still hear the wee, 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 wee. We still hear the, the Peacock WWE Network censoring theme. Ivory and Molly Holly versus Lita and China. And this is China's last appearance on WWE Raw, and her second to last appearance in the company in general. She still has that awesome pyro bazooka. Gets me every time. And in this match here, Molly goes for the Molly go round, but Lita hits the moonsault and wins, and China is never even tagged into this match. Despite Lita's efforts to tag her in, China stands in the apron and says, no, you're fine, go, go in there, go win this match. And to her credit, Lita does. China's never tagged in. Regal is backstage with Steve Austin. This handicap match, is it fair? Yes. This match can be for the tag team titles. Because it's fair. And William Regal is still pandering to the fans here who paid a lot of money to see a tag team championship match, to see the two-man power trip, and the Brothers of Destruction, although one of said brothers is incapacitated for the night. Lita and China are backstage saying that, hey, just make sure you're ready for this Sunday, and says something about not trusting Eddie because of this relationship that Team Extreme has been having with Eddie Guerrero. And then Steph and... The two-man power trip are backstage, and they are saying horrible things about The Undertaker's wife, saying that, you know, I heard rumors about her condition, that there was massive hemorrhaging, she has a mangled face, and they're all kind of taking pleasure in this. This was weird. This was uh, dark. Dark, definitely. The APA and Test versus Bull Buchanan, The Good Father, and The Big Show. The right to censor is still here. On SmackDown, Rikishi gave The Big Show a stank face. And in this match here, I'm just looking at this like, around this time, Test always seemed to have something wrong with him whether he had his eye bandaged up, whether he had a bandaged up elbow, or he had his ribs taped up. He was always seeming to be working injured, or even maybe looking for a bit of sympathy from the crowd here. Bull hits his amazing scissor kick 
on Ron. He hits his amazing slingshot lariat, and still, none of that is enough to put away the APA. The Big Show goes for a head of steam here, but instead he topples over the top rope. Tess hits the running big boot on Bull Show, then picks up the steps, hits Tess in the face, and the heels win here. We're off the Judgment Day with Tess, the Big Show, and Rhino for the Hardcore Championship. Kane backstage say, says, Big Bro, Sarah, this is for you, as in this match. And Steve, Triple H, this is for you. And he whips the chain at everything backstage. The main event, the two-man power trip versus Kane in a handicap tag team championship match. Right away here, Kane hits a side slam and the heels are working the injured arm of Kane. A choke slam is denied. Paul Heyman asks, is there a greater American than Stone Cold Steve Austin? And JR's like, how much time do we have? Kane hits the super lariat and the choke slam on Stone Cold, but Triple H runs in with a chair shot and hits the DQ. There is a massive and long post-match beatdown. A lot of rocky chants because the fans were hoping for the return of the Great One as he was away filming. I believe it was the Scorpion King because, yeah, this month, The Mummy Returns in May 2001 had just come out and the Scorpion King was a... more so a cameo in that movie, and then the following year he got his his actual full motion picture, which I watched on my 18th birthday. We'll get there. Austin grabs a mic and says, I don't want anyone to think I'm a heartless bastard. I'm going to beat the hell out of The Undertaker at Judgment Day, and I got a feeling that your wife... Is gonna be just fine. Was he foreshadowing the stalker DDP? No. Now, holy lord, we're getting there. <clears throat> wow. So that is it for this retro raw review on Wrestle Addict Radio. Follow us at addict underscore wrestle. Listen to the rest of us on the network, the Kings of the Rings podcast, who have a weekly live stream on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., The Delight Show with Good Brother Mance, and the YLP podcast with Mr. YLP himself, Zach. Now, for what I remembered from this show was the candied medals from, from Chris Benoit, although I forgot about the their candy like your ass line, which I thought was very humorous and a little bit lame. But I forgot that the right to censor was still a thing. Because I swear they had a SmackDown, I think in April, where the Brothers of Destruction beat them up so bad that they basically disbanded. And there's something I would change here. Just an overuse of 
Sarah's accident. You know, they the heels were trying to gather a little bit of heat here and there being like, I heard she had hemorrhaging. I heard she had a mangled face. That's dark and twisted and demented. Like, they could have just dumbed down on that or even revealed that it was a ruse because who knows? I think on SmackDown, it could have been revealed that that it was, you know, much like the big boss man and the... I'm sorry that your daddy finally croaked kind of deal with Big Boss Man behaving badly in the big show. But we will get there. Next week will be the post-Judgment Day episode of Raw. Although, in the timeline here, as I said on Patreon, the pay-per-view review will be up by the end of the month. So, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Continue to listen to Wrestle Attic Radio. We are the cure for the common wrestling podcast, and we keep wrestling real. Till next time, folks, have a good one.